0: Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. More than 9 million American women are currently turning to fertility treatments. That can mean a long process with no guarantees. This is Colleen Shaddix for the Yale Office of Public Affairs talking with Dr. Pasquale Patrizio, whose work aims to make fertility treatments more successful. What are the chances that any single egg harvested for in vitro fertilization will ultimately result in a live birth?
1: Uh, Thank you, Colin, for having me today. The chances are about uh, 7 to 8% of uh, the uh, actual eggs that are harvested Mm. and they are uh, uh, used for in vitro fertilization, they end up becoming uh, uh, babies born. If you look at the same question uh, by looking at how many embryos become babies, Mm -hmm. that will be about 15% of the embryos that are produced and transferred they will become babies. Mm -hmm. So there is a lot of, uh, uh, if you call uh, it, loss uh, in in the production of in vitro fertilization. And we are really trying to address this uh, uh, bi- biological waste, if you will.
0: Well, you've done some work that might help doctors select the eggs that are most likely to be successful. Can you talk about that?
1: Yes. Uh, in vitro fertilization over the last uh, uh, 15 years has uh, seen a uh, uh, significant improvement in the success rate. In fact, in the 10 years ago, the chance that any single couple, women coming to a program will have a baby at home was about 20%. Mm. Now this number is doubled, it's mm-hmm. about 40%. So four out of 10 couples, they go home with the baby. What is important though, is that uh, we have to eliminate some of the problems associated with the technique, which are, uh, as I said earlier, the, emb- the embryo loss, the egg loss. So in order to be more effective, we need to come up with the methods to identify the best egg mm-hmm. over the group, uh, over the pool that are then destined to become a babies. And to this end, here at Yale, at Yale Fertility Center, we are now utilizing a new method that even though it's still experimental, mm-hmm. is aimed at uh, identifying which one is the egg among the group to be uh, used for fertilization.
0: And as you said, you've just started, but do you have some success data so far? So
1: far, the data are all uh, uh, based on the basic science that mm-hmm. we have done before we implement the technique into the real world. has to be uh, proven and reproven many times before we applied it. So I think that this we will be able to roll it out uh, for as a method in about a year from now.
0: What else is new in female infertility?
1: What is new is really the attempt from our part in uh, reducing uh, the risk of multiple pregnancies. We are always uh, um, under the the gun. Of uh, um, uh, other colleagues and uh, uh, lay people that says oh but you are producing so many mm-hmm. uh, twins and triplets and therefore we have to reduce this uh, this plague and we do have methods that uh, with the help of other scientists that work uh, uh, at the Yale Fertility Center we are trying to identify which one is the embryo to transfer and therefore by reducing the number of embryos uh, replaced in the uterus we may uh Give a, a serious uh, uh, cut in the risks of multiple pregnancy, in addition, we are freezing eggs so if there are women that are in career mm-hmm. if there are women that for uh, um, for uh, ethical reason they don't want to freeze embryos when we do the process of in vitro they have and particularly women that they will have a cancer uh treatment we can freeze the eggs so they can preserve their fertility or they can postpone mm-hmm. their fertility at a later time and that's a technique that we are uh, using a reading clinical as a clinical service since January 1st 2006
0: you hear much less about male infertility than female infertility but how common is it?
1: in, a, I, I, in a, as a short answer about 40% of uh, couples that are unable to have a baby after one year of trying, uh, male is uh, the culprit. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, therefore, we've been learning much, much more about uh, the um, responsibility, if you will, of uh, of the male uh, in uh, in not being able to, to reproduce. And we have a, a very nice, you know, very effective clinical mm-hmm. program uh, also here at Yale that addresses specifically the various uh, facets of uh, male infertility.
0: Now you have a clinical program for men, but that's still fairly rare. Why, why is that?
1: It's uh, it's becoming more common, but uh, you're right; this is still uh, fairly rare. Uh, I'm uh, uh, I've been. Uh, uh, trained uh, in both male and female so I'm dual certified mm-hmm. and therefore I like to see the couple as a unit I don't I don't split them and uh, but uh, you're right uh, we should have more teaching of uh, this discipline that is called andrology mm-hmm. which is the study of the male in order to provide uh, uh, not only the the quick fix which is uh, the treatment Uh, to have a baby, but also trying to understand what are the reasons behind uh, a man's poor sperm count, Mm -hmm. poor sperm motility, and so forth. So we are teaching. I am teaching the new generation of fellows. that They come through the uh, Yale Reproductive Medicine Training Program. Mm -hmm. And I know that there are other colleagues, particularly urologists. See, I'm a little bit unique in that my training is... uh, a, a obstetrician and gynecologist reproductive endocrinologist and andrologist no. others are mainly urologists that uh-huh. they take the main. but by not knowing the female component there is a lot of information that is uh, going to be lost uh, for the couple and therefore uh, my goal one day is to see many more Um, doctors that are able to treat the couple as a unit.
0: So yeah, treat the couple as a unit, not treat a man or a woman. Correct. A common cause of infertility in both men and women, as you alluded to earlier, is cancer treatment. Can you talk a little bit about some work you've done with oncologists to try and help cancer survivors have families?
1: Yes, uh, uh, it's becoming an important paradigm of uh, uh, quality of life after cancer. To have the opportunity to uh, to have uh, a, a baby after the terrible disease has been cured, the success in cancer treatment has been uh, stellar. There mm-hmm. are many, many m- more survivors of this terrible disease than uh, ten years ago, and therefore we have to now um, we, we have now to to have the opportunity that uh, women, but also men, mm-hmm. before they undergo chemotherapy. They, have a th- they need to be told that there is a possibility to to preserve their fertility For men it will be uh, a, a sperm freezing, for mm-hmm. example. for women, there are many options depending on the time that we have available, whether the woman is married or not married. Uh, there are options such as egg freezing, embryo freezing, ovarian tissue freezing, or as a research, we are doing also the entire ovary freezing.
0: Now are most cancer patients aware of these options?
1: No, but uh, um we we are trying to de- to uh, spread the the news mm-hmm. as much as we can. We are talking with our uh, o- oncologists colleagues. Uh, uh we are we, we have been putting out the uh, publications that are uh, particularly important for them to to made o- to be made aware of the the, the options and uh, um uh, but, but that definitely is something that you, you have uh, correctly pointed out, the lack of information. Also, patient advocacy groups are uh, working a lot in this field. One, for example, is the Fertile Hope of New York, where uh, uh, patients that have cancer, they can log in and find the doctor that can treat them mm-hmm. for fertility preservation in their geographical area.
0: Thank you. We've been talking with Dr. Pasquale Patrizio, a professor of obstetrics and gynecology and director of the Yale Fertility Center. For more information, please call 203-785-4708.